can't get enough of the podcast? Lucky for you, our video IQ platform on adorebeauty.com.au houses thousands of articles on skincare, makeup, hair care, and more. Plus, you can find a heap of video tutorials, ingredient spotlights, and brand breakdowns on our YouTube channel. Just click on Beauty IQ in the menu bar of the website or app or search Adore Beauty on YouTube for more beauty content. Welcome everybody to Beauty IQ, the podcast. I'm your host, Joanna Fleming. And I am your co-host, Hannah First. So Hannah, ages and ages ago, people kept recommending Younger to me. And they were like, Mm. you're going to love it. You love the bold type. You need to watch Younger. And I was always just like, oh, I don't have time for this. Like I had too much on my plate. And then a couple of Saturdays ago, I was home for once. Like I used Mm -hmm. to be a homebody, but I've spent a lot of time out this year. Um, yeah, and dating. I was like, yep. I'm just, yeah, yep. Um, <laughs> and so I started watching Younger because I had nothing else to watch. And I have watched in a week. I have, I'm now up to season five. I am proud of you. I am so I, proud of I you. I cannot it's stop watching it. Disgu- that's a disgusting number of episodes to watch in a uh, week. But mind I'm you, proud. I'm doing, I'm studying on the side. So and, I'm meant to and be. And working full time. <laughs> and working full time. Wait, so do you finish work and just literally start watching it? Yeah. Now, yep. I, I, I did see that you put up some commentary on your Instagram about Charles versus Josh. Yes. Now, I'm a Josh. I'm, I like tattoos. Of course so you I'm, are. I knew you'd pick Josh. I was thinking of you as I, I said it. I think he's super sexy. Charles, I find to be such a bad actor. Like he <laughs> is dead. He, is he dead inside? <laughs> like is it just me? Like he has, he, yes, okay, he's good looking. Yes, he's like rich, whatever. But he's got no personality. <laughs> Yeah, I do agree with that. But at the same time, Josh's behaviour really annoys me. Like he says he's okay with what the situation is with him and Liza and then next minute he's walking out of a bar and walking off on her. <laughs> can I'm I, like, what are you doing? You, can I tell you what it reminds me of? Because it's actually, of course it does. It's But I think the creator did Emily in Paris. Oh, did they? What I find really interesting is you've got like Emily and Liza who, you know, they're like, cute they're good they're they're nice (laughs) they're they're both attractive (laughs) and successful and whatever but like my experience as a woman isn't that every single man is fighting over me yes like when has that ever happened my experience (laughs) as like a professional woman in the world like men don't fight over me left right and center and I'm like I feel this is an inaccurate representation of being single yes a (laughs) hundred percent and working (laughs) and working like what and being alive oh and also being on Instagram like no like doesn't work like that 100% oh when in that episode where she's like um oh, my God, Reese Witherspoon replied to me. I'm like, that never happens, okay? No. You just reach out to a celebrity and they reply to your DM. <laughs> Unrealistic. Anyway. So, yes. Yes, I'm very into Younger. So if you haven't watched Younger yet and you liked The Bold Type and you liked Sex and the City and you liked Emily in Paris, you're probably going <laughs> to like it. So warning, though, very addictive. So if you have other things in your life, take two weeks Joe, off. you're the you must be the only Beauty IQ Uncensored listener that hasn't seen it, though. I, I know, and I felt like I've missed out on something. seen it. Yeah, that's our stand recommendation for the episode. Hannah, what are we talking about today? So on today's Crunchy Convo, we are talking about worms. I just <laughs> had to pause before I said that. With Dr. Lucinda. Then we're chatting to Jack Martin um, about the most hyped hair product I think I've ever seen on Adore Beauty, K18. And of course, the products we didn't know we needed. 
So last time Dr. Lucinda joined us, we did make mention of worms and I wasn't joking around. I really did want to talk about worms. Hannah, did you ever have those um, worm chocolates? No. Your mum never gave you worm chocolate? No, I don't, oh. I don't think so. <laughs> did you okay. have, Joe? did you have worms? Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, I didn't. It's preventative. Oh, it's preventative. Okay. okay. So, I, I mean, at least I think it is. I don't think I have ever had worms, but um, my mum would give us, like when we were in primary school. Worm chocolates. She'd give us these no. worm chocolates. Yeah. Don't. I, it was just like, you know, the worming stuff you give to your cat and your dog. It was like that, but it's in chocolate. It was actually quite nice. Um, but I wanted to discuss worms because I had a DM from someone recently asking about ringworm. And I don't know if that's different to the normal worms in a general sense. Mm-hmm. Maybe you can help us with that, Dr. Lucinda. Please explain. Essentially, um, in GP, there's there's very few types of worms that we actually see. So I've done quite a lot of research into like all the different types of worms that like essentially you can get in Australia. But essentially the most common type of word that worm that we see is mm-hmm. threadworm. And it classically affects kids less than 10 years old. And about 50% of kids uh, will get infected at some point. Um, and what's really interesting actually is that not everyone gets symptoms Um, Mm. and so yeah I generally thought that like you you should really get symptoms but apparently it's something to do with like a worm will enter your body decide if it wants to stay there or not and then sort of leave on its way how do they enter your body so this is a very good question (laughs) so essentially the most common type of worm sort of entering the body is through infected eggs And so, for example, with threadworms, it's generally, it's only, with threadworms, it's the only host for a threadworm is human. So with threadworms, you can't get it from animals or anything like that. It has to be the eggs that have been left over that essentially um, we ingest either through touching surfaces that have infected eggs, and that could be like, well, bedding, clothing, food, other surfaces. Um, If a kid has touched their anus and then they they put it into your mouth. (laughs) I bet you that just takes me back to the bum, the anus hair twiddling comment from Luke. I mean, that could be a way that you would get worms that makes sense as to why it affects young children yeah because right. I, I mean i really hope that there's not that many adults touching their anus <laughs> and then putting it in other people's mouths <laughs> exactly you'd really hope so yeah and then if you're really unlucky because um sometimes you have to give advice obviously you have to give advice to the families like how to to treat the threadworms and um when they're sort of changing bedding when you're sort of flapping the bedding around all of those infected oh, eggs can get flowed into what? the air and so they can spread through that way straight Ew. into your mouth as well. <laughs> mm-hmm. I did not know any of this. So the most common one is threadworm. Where does ringworm come in? Isn't Doesn't that just look like a worm? It's not actually a worm. Ringworm's not actually a worm. It's a fungus. Okay, so ringworm, it's because um, on a rash, it has like a clear identified ring around the outside of it. But I don't know why they would call it a worm. Perhaps because it looks similar to some types of worms, but just on the face itself. So what other worms can we... I've heard of tapeworm. Uh, I would like to know what that is, though. (laughs) (laughs) So the tapeworm, otherwise known as flatworm, you can find that also anywhere in Australia. And the most common one in Australia is something called a dwarf tapeworm. And we normally get that through contaminated water, undercooked meat, and from infected animals. And so, for example, like dog and cat feces as well. Okay. And this is the one where it's classically sort of associated with sushi. 
<laughs> so this is where I have my fear of sushi, but also love of sushi because I love sushi. <laughs> Does it with sushi? It's not like avocado sushi. Like this is like yeah, fish sushi. Apparently, if you stick to sushi that that is sort of farmed in the sea rather than freshwater fish, you're less likely to get, or it's very very rare for you to get tapeworm from that. Um, So you could be one of those people who goes into a sushi place saying. Sorry, is your fish uh, seawater sea related or fresh water? <laughs> and so that could be quite fun. But those are the ones where, like, you've seen in the papers where there's been someone with a 10 meter long tapeworm that's lived in them for 20 years. And Wait, what? Yeah, that's that one. Do you have to poo out every type of worm? So, no, not every type of worm. So, classically, you've got. Okay, so normally what happens with the the small ones like threadworms, for example, you ingest the eggs, the eggs find their way into your intestine where they then sort of chill out and grow a little bit, turn into their little adult forms, male, female. The females then hunt out towards the anus towards nighttime when you're asleep. That's when they sort of then go and produce more eggs. I'm done. I can't. I can't. I know. I don't even know why they go out at night. Wait, they get out. Wait, they get out. Mm. And then what? they go back yeah. in. Exactly. Oh yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I feel like we're, you're joking with <laughs> us right now. <laughs> no, I really, I really wish I wasn't. So like some things that we ask parents to do for us, because they're like, I just don't know. And when you try and have a look at the kid's bottom, obviously with the parent present and the child like being okay with it, um, you're like, right, let's see if we can see them, but we might not see them. And if we don't see them, there's a couple ways around this where it's something called the tape test. So essentially you get them to pop a little bit of sellotape on the bottom as soon as they wake up in the morning, um, just where the anus is, and then take that little bit of tape, put it into like a specimen pot and give it to your GP and then oh they can Oh my God. <laughs> so are they tiny? No, you can actually like, with little threadworms, you can see them. So they're about sort of two to 13 millimeters long and they're about 0.5 millimeters wide with like, sometimes with like a pointy tail. So that's the oh worms that you can see. So my mum told me a story about worms and she tends to do this. Um, she's a midwife and She's traumatized me my whole life with different kinds of stories. But one of the stories that she told us at the dinner table once was that she was delivering a baby and there were worms coming out of the person's bottom. Oh, no. And I've just never been able to forget that. So, oh, no, that sounds so bad. And I wonder if she even knew that she had that. I don't even, I don't know, but oh. that really just traumatized me on a deep level. Oh my gosh. Like some people really, really struggle to get rid of worms as well. Yeah. So how do you, what kind of medication do you take for it? It's literally an anti-worming treatment specific to worms and you can get it over the counter or you can go to your GP for a prescription and, and usually the whole household needs to be treated as well. So sometimes you just need one treatment, sometimes you need a treatment a week later and like all the linen needs to be cleaned, no sharing of towels, cleaning surfaces. So it's a bit of a deep clean and like you'd have to change the linen pretty much on like the like a daily basis for several days after treatment's finished. And then if you're not sure if it's cleared out, then go and see your GP again, do the tape test, or you might need to bring in a couple of stool samples a few days apart, get that sent off to the lab and, oh man. I remember I remember my mum being like, is your bum itchy? 
Mm. And we'd be like, no, why? <laughs> just yeah. check in and be like, does anyone have an itchy bum? Um, is that one of the, the symptoms? So that's one of the classic symptoms of threadworm. So it can disturb um, your sleep as well because you're like yeah. a bit uncomfortable. Yeah. And other classic symptoms alongside threadworm are things like just um, being a bit irritable, reduced appetite and children mm-hmm. like a change in behavior as well. But then like with the other worms, generally speaking, you get other sort of symptoms like some abdominal pain, feeling really tired, sometimes like a bit of constipation, diarrhea, sometimes even bloody stools, really low appetite. And then some kids, because it's normally it affects kids essentially, but it can affect their growth as well and give them nutrition deficiencies. And I feel like I've had, I've had, I've had enough about work. Yeah. <laughs> Hannah's like off doing her own thing. She's not even listening no, to this. No, I am. I just, I'm like, oh my God, I just keep thinking. I'm like, am I going to be able to eat food again? Like now all I can think about is worm eggs on fruit. I know. And it's like, look, it's really, really uncommon for that to be the case. Okay. But it's like, because uh, when I was doing all this research, I was also thinking exactly the same thing. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm normally like... I, you know, I don't know if your parents were ever like this, but my parents were always like, wash your fruit or peel yeah. your fruit. And I was like, yeah, it's I all thought right. That like, was dirt. Maybe... I didn't, I thought that was Yeah, the same. I thought that was for yeah. the pesticides. Yeah, yeah exactly. So I didn't get worms. <laughs> and maybe it was, but now looking into this, it's like, oh, um, like I really don't want this to happen. So what are the main things we can do to avoid worms? Yes. Good question. Because <laughs> now you freaked everybody out. <laughs> I know. I freaked myself out looking into all of this. Uh, but essentially, it's really like wash hands uh, especially before eating preparing food Mm -hmm. and like there's also like in the soil as well like just if you're a keen gardener and stuff like that you know just make sure you wash your hands before like sucking your fingers yeah yeah Yeah, exactly because it happens man you just forget and it's all of a sudden it's all over your face and then like if you're in areas where like sewage and stuff is a problem then obviously bottled water or filtered water is not really much of an issue here deworming your cats and your dogs regularly as you should because you Mm -hmm. really can catch it from their feces and the other thing is is that if you've not caught it from their feces like if someone's been infected as well with you know they've got the eggs in their fingernails after scratching the bum a little bit um they can touch the pets and and then when Uh, you've touched your pet then and this is the uh, thing now I don't want to touch anyone's pet because I don't know if like is that why you should because you know how there's people that like kiss their dog on the mouth I kiss my cats on the mouth and my dad always used to say don't do that you'll get worms now I'm like I probably could you probably (laughs) should we do worm my cats so I think I don't think I have it I don't think I have worms okay Put that, put that on your hinge profile, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Regularly deworming my cats. <laughs> Are there is there a big difference between worms and parasites? Because I've heard like parasites is a big buzzword in the last few years. Like you know, you hear people saying, "Oh, I've been living with this parasite." You didn't hear that, you know, ten years ago. So, mm. is there a, a marked difference between the two? So, a parasite is. A worm is a parasite, basically. Okay. So because parasites are basically living organisms that need other living organisms to help them survive. So they feed Mm. off the host, essentially, in order to survive. And then not only that, they could lead to a disease as as a cause of like their nature yeah I don't have any more questions on worms that pretty much covers everything I need to know um 
<laughs> Unless there was one more worm to be aware of. <laughs> oh, yes. Okay, please. Um, the hookworm, you've probably heard of that before. Yeah, I've heard of that, yeah. That one is classically in Kimberley, which is in Western Australia, and then the tropical areas of Northern Australia. And it's about one centimetre in length. It's the thickness of a pin. And this is one in contaminated soil, like normally from infected human feces. And this is where like it can either you either ingest it or it can go onto your skin and burrow into your skin. Ew. And this is where like you shouldn't go barefoot, like walking around in those areas, essentially. Okay. And they basically like suck the blood from oh. the host, which is yourself. And then Ew. that can cause like anemia, like where your uh. blood count goes down, fever, diarrhea, constipation can be a bit nasty. But yeah, that's the other weird and wonderful one. It's quite funny because like, obviously the the joke <laughs> from foreigners coming to Australia is everything's out trying to kill you. But actually from a worm point of view, there's very few worms that are out okay. there trying to kill you. So that's that's quite great. Cool yeah. yeah, it's just spiders and snakes and everything yeah. else yeah. you've got to be worried yeah. about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Worms, not, not so much. much. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty good. <laughs> oh, well, thank you for uh, imparting all of your worm wisdom on us. We really appreciate that. And I'm just going to, Pop down to Chemist Warehouse and get myself some worm chocolate, uh, just to be sure. Uh, oh, by the way, actually, do you have an announcement about your relationship status? Because last time we spoke, you were like... Oh, my God. I do. How wild is this? Guys, I've been in a relationship for, like, more than six months. Oh, my God. What? Wild. I know. He met That's my parents crazy. on, uh, what's it, FaceTime the other day. And I was like, this is so weird. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you, guys. That's I genuinely didn't think this was going to happen to me, to be honest. Oh. Yeah. Let's discuss that further, but I'll wrap up the segment. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us again, Dr. Lucinda, as always. Pleasure. Anytime, anytime. So, Hannah, we recently did an episode with Martha and Michael and Martha mentioned a product that you and I have since been trying because there's so much hype around it and that product is K18. So we thought we'd bring celebrity hair colorist Jack Martin on to talk about K18. Welcome to the podcast, Jack. Hello. Thank you for having me. It's our pleasure. We need to learn everything there is to learn about K18. We've got so many questions. <laughs> so many questions. So many questions. No problem. I'm here. I'm ready to answer any questions you guys have. And just by the way, you guys are so lucky to finally have K18. We know. Mm. <laughs> we, we know. <laughs> We've just launched K18 at Adore Beauty and we're hearing big things and we need to hear all the deets. So can you give us the lowdown on K18 and why it's a groundbreaking product? It's, it's amazing, especially for me as a colorist and as I've been struggling all my career with damaged hair due to chemicals. And what's good about K18 that a professional stylist can use it. And then there is a retail part of it, which is the mask can be sent home with the client to continue the repairing. In my opinion, and that's what happened to me, the best proof for K18 is to use it yourself and see the results with your own eyes. Yes, Hannah mm. and I have both been trying it. <laughs> I I don't know if, like, and I'm like, is it a placebo? It must not be a placebo effect. But I felt my hair today and was like, no, like this is, it 
after one wash, like is that is that possible to feel a difference after Absolutely. one wash? Yes. Wow. After the first wash, you definitely, the more damaged the hair, the more you see, the more improve you see, you know. When the hair is healthier, yeah. you see less. But when the hair is yeah. more damaged, you see more improving. Because I just had a color treatment done like maybe a month ago. Mm-hmm. I And then I used it last night. And I then I did a straightener over the top. And I was like, surely this is just me being crazy. But it really did feel like, t- like it went strong again. Like my hair wasn't brittle anymore. Yeah, it was really quite amazing just after one wash. Absolutely. Mm. Well, because my hair is relatively healthy. So I was Mm. like, oh, am I really going to notice much difference from this? You know, maybe I should give it to my mom and she can try it and let me know. But I thought I'll just try it on myself that first few washes as it suggests. And when I dried my hair, I was like, why is it so silky? (laughs) Right. (laughs) And it's not one of those, it's not one of those products. You know, when you use some of those masks and they've got heaps of silicones and things in them to give you that cosmetic effect on the hair where it's really soft. I know that that's not what this product Mm. is about. So I'm like, how does it work so quickly? And I really want to know, I guess, how the technology in this product differs to other bond repair products. I think most people would probably recognize like an Olaplex or something. That's always, you know, uh, the most important question for people, because since we have now bond builders and we have now K18, so they are a little bit confused because they want to know what's the difference. I mean, the most Mm -hmm. important difference, in my opinion, that K18, after four minutes activating time, it does not wash out from the hair. Compared to bond builders, it does wash out. Let me explain to you exactly how this works. You know, think of the hair structure like a ladder. You know, the sides of the ladder are made of carotene. The rungs of the ladder are dissolved bonds. Both parts of the ladder are crucial for the hair to remain in a healthy, unbroken state. And both parts of the ladder can be destroyed through chemical services. The bond builders repair the rugs of the ladder, the dissolved bonds by patching the broken bonds like a hard glue. You know, this fixed repair is not permanent and can wash away over time. So what makes K18 different is that the newly discovered K18 peptide repairs the sides of the ladder and with the sides repaired the runs of the ladder are reconfirmed as well because the peptide imitates real carotene it heals the hair itself integrating with the strands for flexibility and permanence as well but to be honest with you to make it more simple k18 is permanent After the four minutes, it does not wash out. Why? Because you can still shampoo your hair the following time and still feel the softness in the hair. Mm. Now, we also have Jordan Alexander, who is the Director of Global Sales and Education from K18, joining us alongside Jack. Now, Jordan, you like all the sciencey stuff like I do, and I'm sure there's probably a few members of our audience out there who want a little bit more detail about how K18 actually differs from everything else that's on the market. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? 
You know, I think Jack really explained it very well without getting into crazy scientific details. You know, when we look at that ladder analogy, you know, with the fact that we do damage our hair on a daily basis via chemical services such as color, lightener, perms, relaxers, thermal styling like flat irons, curling irons, blow dryers, mechanical styling such as brushing, you know, when we think of that ladder, it's not just the center of the ladder that breaks, the center rungs being the disulfide bonds, it's also the sides of the ladder being the polypeptide chains or keratin chains themselves. In the past, you know, when we were looking at solutions to damage, we had two separate options. Option number one was cosmetic chemistry. And what that meant was, let's use our favorite oils, silicones, and film formers to get the appearance of healthy hair. But for instance, if we look at a ladder practically, if I have a broken ladder, I put it up to the side of my house, I coat it in oil, it might look shiny and new, but as soon as I try to climb that ladder, I'm gonna slip, I'm gonna fall, I'm gonna break my leg, and I'm gonna have a really, really fucking bad day. Pardon my French. <laughs> Option number two, obviously, you know, bond builders, there's been more than 250, 300 different brands of bond builders out there in the past six or seven years. So I love the ladder analogy because it truly does show the difference of K18 versus every single other bond builder out there. Because the fact is, K18, first and foremost, focuses on the side of the ladder first, being the polypeptides and chains or keratin chains. And as a secondary result, the disulfide bonds are reconformed. You know, there's been such an, a focus on these bonds that provide, you know, the strength of the hair. But when you get down to it, the disulfide bonds are not the primary focus of the foundation of hair. It's actually the keratin chains or polypeptide chains themselves, which is what the disulfide bonds sit inside of. So the keratin chains or polypeptide chains are the actual foundation. And I don't believe it was talked about beforehand because there honestly wasn't any way to do anything with it. It wasn't until, you know, through 10 years of extensive research, you know, being scanned on a computer, everything else, and with the invention of K18, that that was even a possibility within hair. So I think the yeah. bond builders, in a sense, you know what, they were great for what they did. For us, for now, addressing damage better than anyone else can, that's great but we wanna move so far beyond this. Like we want to change what is possible for hairdressers. And who is K18 most suited to in terms of hair type and texture and condition? Cause Hannah and I have very different hair types, but I, it seems to be working for my hair. And I don't know if I could speak for you, Hannah, but it seems to be working for your hair well, as well. It's, I think cause my hair is so dry and damaged. It's had a quite I've had noticed quite a profound difference yeah. <laughs> whereas you, you maybe haven't had such more of a subtle difference maybe a bit more subtle than me yeah yeah <gasps> well to be honest with you K18 is designed for all kind of hair and that's what what great about it I really highly recommend or encourage everyone to use K18 on any hair type you know because our hair is not only damaged by color but from heat, sun, products, water, and environment, you know, stress of the environment. So the K18, restore your hair health and reverse any damaged, everyone will benefit from K18, even virgin hair. Mm -hmm. And in Okay, so I think the most complicated bit about K18, and I have some very specific questions for my hair type, <laughs> um, is how do, you, how do you actually use K18? Because it's very different to any other kind of treatment that you would use? Well, for the use at home, K18 is very, very simple. You just shampoo your hair as normal and you rinse it. You skip conditioner. It's very important to skip the conditioner 
because you don't want to, uh, you know, conditioner has silicone and silicone will uh, stop the penetration of uh, the K18 uh, mask into the hair. So you skip conditioner, you towel dry the hair very well, and then you apply K18 on damp hair and you wait for four minutes. After you apply K18, some people, they say that, you know what, my hair is very tangled. This is my question. Exactly. This is my question. I, I found that really hard. Uh-huh. So K18 has been designed to be a detangler as well. So at this point, after you towel dry your hair, do not comb your hair. Apply K18 section by section. Less is always more. You don't have to use a lot. And then start brushing your hair with the K18 in the hair. And you'll see how much it will help you to detangle your hair. And then wait for four minutes. And then you can layer your hair after that with any styling product you always use. A heat protectant if you want to style your hair after whatever product you get used after the four minutes passed. And then you you style your hair as desired. Very simple. Because I did read, so I was trying to have a look at the instructions and it said that you, if you really do want to still condition your hair, can you do that after the four minutes? Like how, does that mean that you could put conditioner in your hair and wash it out after, as yes, long as it's been four yes. minutes? That's okay. why K18 after the four minutes, it does not wash Doesn't out. Doesn't matter. It does not. Okay. So you can go back to the sink and condition your hair and rinse it out. The K18 is there already. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Well, that is good to know because I think my biggest problem was I was like, my hair is so, it gets like in complete knots. I can't even get them out. And so I was like, I think I would still need to condition or put a mask in my hair afterwards. Yeah. I struggle with that too, Hannah, because I've had hairdressers say to me before, I've got the most tangled hair they've ever encountered. Yeah, that's what mine is like. Yeah. So what I did, I put the K18 while it was like towel dried. And normally that's when I would put my leave-in conditioner in and brush it out but I actually put it in, left it in for the four minutes and then dried it with my Dyson and then I brushed it, Oh, which you probably couldn't do because yours would freeze up. I'd have one big dreadlock. (laughs) Yeah, I don't don't know. It actually worked for me because I tried to brush it while it was wet and I was just like like, ripping my hair out. So I just had to find another way. (laughs) Now, I did want to ask Jack, the bottle is pretty small and she's got a bit of a price tag for a 50 (laughs) ml bottle. How many times if you had really damaged hair, would you need to use K18 for the best results? Like, would you need to go through the whole bottle to see results? Well, remember that less is always more for K18. Mm -hmm. So, So the less you use, the better the results. So, but to be honest with you, we, we recommend to use K18 for the next six washes and then every three to four wash to maintain mm-hmm. your healthiest hair possible. So would you get six uses out of the 50 mil? No, you get more than that. 18 to 20. Absolutely. Wow. Okay. okay. Amazing. Yeah. So you get a lot. You get a lot of Bang you, for I mean. buck. Yeah. So you'd get like three lots worth of that, you know, six use recommendations. Yes, That's pretty good, actually. Absolutely. So if you had really damaged hair, you probably would see amazing results after using one bottle. Absolutely. You do. Aside from using a product like K18, what are some of the other essential products or hair care practices that you recommend for supporting the repair of super damaged hair? So I always try to change my client's lifestyle when it comes to their hair. You know, we damaged our hair 
because of bad habits, first of all. Besides using always good product on your hair, most importantly, heat protecting, you know, spray or, or cream. It, I don't know which form of product it comes. Uh, you know, try to use a good color safe shampoo and conditioner and focus on the shampoo on the roots and scalp and the conditioner on the mid length and ends of your hair. You know, never use a conditioner on your roots because you don't want to weigh your hair down, you know. And plus the roots are the most uh, healthy part of the hair. So uh, deep condition your hair about one to two times a week with hair masks. You know, choose a mask that meant for color treated hair. Also, uh, you know, use cool water when you wash your uh, and rinse when you wash and rinse your hair. You know, hot water is very damaging uh, to the hair and even more on dyed hair, you know. Also, uh, it causes hair color to fade faster and also it makes the hair frizzier. So, and limit washing uh, your, your hair to once or twice a week. The less you wash your hair, uh, the better the color, you know, stays in your hair for a longer time, you know. So, and also limit uh, the heat styling uh, to keep your hair healthy and your color more vibrant. Let your hair air dry, you know, whenever possible and learn to embrace your hair natural texture, you know. Heat styling not only damage the hair, but it can cause your, your hair color to fade extremely fast. Use a low heat setting. If you, if you lifestyle, you know, you are committed to a job and you need to style your hair on a daily basis, try to lower, you know, the heat setting you know, to a 350 and less, you know, on your hot tools. I assume that's probably about 185 in Celsius. Yeah, it's about 180 degrees Celsius. Awesome. Yes. And also use a heat protectant spray, you know, you know, it's all about habit. It's all about, you know, loving your hair as much as you love your skin on your face. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we neglect our hair compared to our skin. Hannah mm-hmm. and I are both guilty of that. Mm-hmm. Well, I think when we say the the hype for K18 is real, we really mean it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for joining Thanks. us today, Jack and Jordan. It was great to have you on. Product we didn't know we needed. Hannah, I'm looking at yours right now. Have you really never done this one? Never. I know. I've never really? done this. It's a PWDKWN. You've been using this for ages. I know. Well, I stopped using it and then I uh, had, that's why I've had all the issues with my melasma. Uh, okay. Hit us with it. Go on. Yeah. A couple of years ago, I had some skin scans done and my sun damage was obviously horrible and the team at Aspect sent me a whole bunch of products and the Aspect Pigment Punch Plus, I started using it. It really helped with my pigmentation and then I believe I ran out and I was trying a million other products so I didn't actually bother getting a refill of it and then obviously went away my melasma came back and then James Vivian said you need to get back on the pigment product so I've been using it twice a day every day it is 
game changing. Why did I stop using it? I will never make that mistake again. Mm-hmm. The appearance of the pigmentation has faded. You know, there's also like a, a bit of a glow. It's just a really good all rounder if you suffer from pigmentation or um, melasma. So mm. I'm I'm surprised that I've never spoken about it before. But I can't so am now. I. Now that I, I maybe also I wanted it to be a reminder for people that do suffer from pigmentation. Like there are products that can help you manage it. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Because I was a bit at the end of my tether when I had that moustache. Yes. I was like, well, this is never going to go away. What the the heck? Like I was a little bit worried, but no, it really has subsided. So I'm very happy. And I would say this is probably in the top of the range of like price and quality at the same time. So it is $149.50. It's worth oh, so it, guys. Not, yeah, that's not too outrageous considering SkinCeutical CE for all week is like 224 mm. now. Let me tell you what's in it. It's got Tyrostat 11, a blend of vitamin mm-hmm. C in the f- form of L-ascorbic acid and Rumex Occidentalis extract. Mm-hmm. It's got Radiant Skin Tea, which is a derivative of hydroquinone that helps prevent the melanin buildup. It's got Belladonna. Bel- Oh, daisy flower extract. I'm not going to try and pronounce that. Antioxidant. It's got peptide that mimics the peptides found naturally in the skin. It's got prevent- in it that's going to help with pigmentation. Oh, it's got niacinamide and lactic acid. Um, so my product I didn't know I needed today is one that I have just finished that I had to throw out. And oh. I'm about to go and repurchase it. But she's a bargain option. Mm. Um, it is the L'Oreal Paris Brow Artist Skinny Pencil. It's a brow pencil. I use the shade Brunette. I've never heard of someone using a brow pencil up. Like I have never used a whole yeah. brow pencil no, up. No, I have a few times. I used the Anastasia Beverly Hills one. I went through a couple of brow wizards. I used the designer brands one up. Mm-hmm. Love that one as well. I reckon that's a dupe for Hourglass. The L'Oreal Paris one I've just finished and I probably would purchase that again. I'm quite fussy with brow pencils though because I mm. like it to just be really subtle. I've already got very dark eyebrows. So if I throw like a quite a dark pencil in, they, they look very very thick and full and I just kind of want them to look a little bit natural and fluffy. Um, so that's what this pencil does. It's $16.95. So she's very much in the affordable range. Mm. And as it says, it's a skinny pencil and it just goes on really, it's quite creamy. So it blends into the um, brows and onto your skin quite easily. And then it's got a spoolie on the other side. So you can just brush it through, but I've just finished it. So if that's not saying that I liked it. Mm. I don't know what it is. I don't think I've ever used up a whole brow pencil. It's really? Like yeah, lips. I don't think I've ever used no. a whole lipstick before, to be honest. Oh, I've still no. Got... No, I do. I've got one lipstick that I use up. I've used two of really? them. Really? Yeah. Which one? The Laura Mercier one that oh, I Oh, yes. Yeah, mm. I do love In that vibe. one on you. Mm. Yeah, it is a vibe, isn't it? Um, you had a, a discussion around the universe that you want to oh, talk about. Yes. So uh, have you seen that Friends episode, Rachel says to Monica, you're making all my decisions. Like she's not going to make any dating decisions. Monica has to. Yeah. 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 So I, the other night, got a phone call, which, you know, I won't go into that, but I got a phone call from um, my zombie. Oh, yes. If you don't know what zombieing is, zombies are... It's a little bit like ghosting, except they come back from the dead. So they Mm. die and come back from the dead. So I got a call from the zombie and I just, and I've been chatting to all these guys and I've just, I'm getting very confused and I can't remember what they do for work and it's all just (laughs) getting a bit much. It is a bit much, isn't it? (laughs) 
so I ended up saying to the universe, I said, I said, you're making my decisions for me now. Like I'm not making any more dating decisions. You make the decisions. You know, like I threw it out to the universe and I'm putting my faith in the universe to make good decisions for me. So this morning I woke up and I was meant to go on a date tonight and I like had my outfit planned and like I was kind of looking forward to it. Anyway, the guy had a big weekend and (laughs) basically cancelled. No, no, sorry. He messaged me alluding to the fact that he'd had a big weekend and I could tell he Mm -hmm. wasn't that keen to catch up. So as I was about to respond, I get another message from a guy saying, hey, like, do you want to catch up for a drink tonight? And I was like, oh, Oh. done. So the universe, it was literally like as soon as he he messaged me saying like, oh, like I'm really tired, whatever. Like I've had a big weekend. That's crazy. And so I was like, great. Done. All done. So that's the universe is directing me in the path that I should be going. I love that. Where are you going? Um, I don't know yet. He actually hasn't responded. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks everyone for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe and tell your friends. It helps other people to discover us. And also we really want to know what you thought about this podcast. So if you can leave us a review, that would be much appreciated.